Hey designer, it's Leslie Myrick. I've been in the interior design industry since 2005 and have run Leslie Myrick Art and Design full-time since 2015. Before launching my design firm, I worked for and learned firsthand from two of North America's leading interior designers, Kimberly Selden of Kimberly Selden Design Group in Toronto and Betsy Burnham of Burnham Design in Los Angeles. I have invested well over $60,000 of my own hard-earned money in education, training, private coaching, seminars, trade shows, legal fees, and more. I've also invested about a million hours, probably, in real-life work experience, learning from podcasts and books, and making a ton of mistakes, figuring out how to run a business. But you know what? Mistakes are how you learn. And let's just say I've learned a lot. My degree is in interior design, not business, but I feel like I've earned an MBA in the school of real life. The Badass Biz Bundle is what I wish I had when I was starting out on my own. The business documents, the biz docs, I didn't know I needed, and a kick-ass mentor for biz talks to answer my questions with practical, tactical advice to help me quickly and confidently launch on my own. You can learn more about the Badass Biz Bundle at lesliemyrick.com slash coaching. I cannot wait to be part of your badass business journey. Now, on to the show. Hey, I'm Kate Bendewald. And I'm Leslie Myrick. We're interior designers who've been meeting every Friday for coffee to discuss the ins and outs, ups and downs of running our design businesses and decided to hit the record button. We are designers getting coffee with each other and now you. While some might choose to guard the hard-earned secrets of their design success, we've chosen to support, encourage, and empower one another to be the most kick-ass business owners possible. Welcome to the Designers Getting Coffee podcast, real talk about running your design business with head and heart. Come join the conversation. This is episode 41, what we've learned during quarantine. Good morning, Kate. How you doing this week? Hey, girl. I'm good. I'm good. You sound a little <laughs> sleepy. Are you, are you really good? No. Yeah, I am. I am. You're right. I am a little um, behind on sleep, but it's okay. We'll get there. Why? Have you had your children home with you for like the past 17 months and not getting as much sleep and getting as much anything done? (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. No, nobody's in the same boat, right? We're just, this whole thing is so effing weird. I'm (laughs) over it. I'm so over it. Yeah. I'm hoping the world will be over it soon and we can ride this out and kind of, I don't want to say get back to normal because that feels not like the right thing. Also, I think we can hopefully get back to better than before. But yeah, I'm looking forward to childcare and having time to feel like me again and, you know, feel like Leslie the person, not like the mom that gets summoned every 12 seconds by a child or your kid, do your kids snack like constantly? We're pretty boundaried around snack times and we literally have a schedule posted on the wall so they know when snack time is, but it does not stop them from asking all the time. Okay. <laughs> we might have to talk about that offline somewhere because my little one is just like, we'll finish dinner and I'll be like, go wash your hands and she'll wash her hand or I'll, I'll say lunch and she'll go wash her hands and she'll come back and say, mom, can I have a snack? I'm like, what the? What 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 is going on? So yeah, we have started to say like it's not snack time, but having a visual reminder might be helpful. Yeah, anyway, the snack thing I had no idea about and it's driving me bonkers. Yeah. Anyway, I um I want to go back to what I said just a minute ago. Clearly, I'm not alone in this. And just to to be clear, I was being facetious there and I don't <laughs> I realize I'm no snowflake here. Um, I think that's actually been the one thing that's mentally for me been the most grounding is to realize that everybody in the entire world, not even just the country, but the entire world is dealing with this in some way or another. And in a way kind of helps you feel more connected to, to other people. So Anyway, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad to be, so this was Leslie's idea to do this episode to just kind of talk about, you know, have, have there been some lessons gleaned from this? I heard it dubbed the great pause and I loved that. Um, Ooh, that feels accurate. <laughs> accurate in some ways. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I certainly, I mean, 
how could you not? If you have gone through this and not learned something, you are a robot. And um, I just, there are so many lessons. I think it would be hard to um, cover all of them, but I, I liked the idea of talking about, at least as it relates to being a business owner and a parent in our cases, um, you know, specifically in those areas, what is, what has come out of this for us? So here goes nothing. <laughs> yeah, I know Kate mentioned this was my idea and it was funny because we were, you know, tossing around ideas for season four and, you know, how to get started. And I well, think to maybe be clear, sorry, I, I interrupted you. I'm so rude. Anyway, we had a totally different set of topics planned for this season and it just didn't feel right anymore. So we went back to the drawing board and we're like, let's make this more appropriate for what we're dealing with now. Anyway, I'm sorry to interrupt, Absolutely. but go ahead. <laughs> well, when we were having our brainstorming jam session, I think, Kate, you might have been having a bit of an off day because I was like, hey, we could share, <laughs> you know, what we've learned during quarantine. She's like, I didn't learn anything during quarantine. I was like, okay, maybe we'll just talk about what we didn't learn. I don't know. <laughs> but all that to say, we wanted to just sort of talk about, recap what's happened over these past, mm-hmm. I mean, by the time this episode airs, probably 12 weeks or so of official shelter in place, quarantine, whatever the rules and boundaries have been in your location. Mm-hmm. It has been probably about three months of staying home, save for necessary trips out maybe once or twice a week. Mm-hmm. And that is very challenging, but I don't know. I'm a little optimist over here and I'm hoping that there's <laughs> lessons to be learned and good things to be found because it is a hard time and it's all of us, like the whole world is going through this. So there's something very unifying and grounding about that. And I'm just, I, there's a lot of days, guys, don't think that I'm some like cute little doe-eyed Pollyanna here that's never had a bad moment. There have been <laughs> so many tears and like, yeah. not even just like, not even pretty tears, guys, like ugly crying so hard. My husband was laughing because he thought I was laughing. It was that kind of sound coming out uh. of my face. And then he realized I was sobbing and I'm sure he felt bad. Anyway, uh, yeah, neat. we, we have, we've learned things. We've experienced mm-hmm. things that are different from the norm. And we just wanted to share with you and hope maybe this shows you a new side of this quarantine time that might be helpful to you or just lets you get to know us and the humanness of the designers getting coffee. Yeah. I'm, well, let's dive in. I mean, to be clear, when I said that the other day, I was, I think we're probably all experiencing a spectrum of emotions. And I remember at that very moment, I was feeling like, I'm still trying to make sense of all this. What do I even know? I don't know anything. I can't make sense of this. (laughs) And so if that's where you are right now and don't feel like there's any lessons to be learned, just it's okay. Give yourself some grace. Um, These, these things take time. And there's some days where I feel like Leslie just mentioned, you know, super enthusiastic and empowered and like, we're going to all be better for this eventually. And it's going to take time. And uh, other days where I'm just like, F it, screw it. I just, I don't, I don't even want to wake up, <laughs> but yeah. my kids won't let that happen. So anyway, and, and just a real quick story about where I was during all of this. Um, so we were on, we had just left for spring break and we had planned a West Texas road trip. And when we left COVID was somebody else's problem. It was, it had just, it had just like hit the, you know, the coasts and it was still being really minimized in the media. And I guess it it never really felt like it was going to truly impact me in a way, which is so selfish and so arrogant. I, I realize now looking back on it, that's not to say I didn't care about it and I wasn't concerned about it, but I just didn't understand the impact that was about to happen. So we went on our road trip and we were, um, in, uh, we had no cell phone service or no internet. We were totally off the grid, which in hindsight was lovely. We spent, you know, a week together road tripping it in beautiful places in almost down to Mexico. And on the way back, my, um, 
mom texted and said they just closed the schools. And I was like, what the hell is going on? So Mike was in the passenger seat, started reading the news and he just got really quiet. He's like, oh my God. It's like, this is huge. Like in the seven or eight days that we had been gone, it just, and you can see in the graphs and charts how it spiked. So we went from like zero to 10 really fast. And needless to say, fast forward, we came back to go pick up groceries because we didn't have any groceries in the house <laughs> after being gone for a week. And there was like no, f- no produce, no frozen food, no, definitely no toilet paper. Um, and I panicked and I just like, it's sent off this domino effect of things that affected our family. And so we were planning to move this summer to Denver and we decided if the schools are closed, I guarantee they're not going back. Let's just move now. And so we ended up leaving and spending this whole quarantine time in our family cabin in South Dakota, which was beautiful and a very safe place to spend this time. Um, But it was a very different experience than I think a lot of people. Um, So, you know, all that to say that my, my talking points and the lessons that I've learned might be different than other people's. Um, I guarantee you if I had been at home and I had all my stuff around me, I would have found projects to do and get caught up on things and been busy, 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 busy. But I was sort of forced into this quiet time, which I never do. It's very hard for me. I'm always thinking, I'm always imagining possibilities and acting on them. And, um, I just, and I guess I did a little bit of that, but I just had so much, um, I didn't have any distractions. I didn't have the distractions of a home that I usually let distract me. Um, and I was just forced into this quiet time with my family and it was, it was quite lovely. (laughs) So, um, I, I guess the one lesson I would learn is that, or that, I came out of this for me is that if you're anything like me and you're a go, 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 go type person, I'm seven on the Enneagram. Thank you very much (laughs) that, you know, sometimes you have to force yourself to just get out of your everyday routine and get away from your everyday places. Um, in order to force yourself to have quiet time to think about things that are important to you. Yeah, that's, I mean, moving across the country, which I did last year, so I feel you, is its own thing. But to do it in the middle of these circumstances, that's, I mean, that's a lot to handle. You're not in your own space. Your kids are so out of their elements. I mean, on one hand, there's that jealous part of me going, you had help with your children. You had in-laws around. But I I also realized it is so difficult not being in your own home. It's difficult being, I mean, it's, it's just difficult. So I'm glad you, I'm glad you made it through. I'm glad you guys are settled, getting settled in Denver in your new place and making, you know, a, a fresh start. It's so interesting. Cause I'm sure you're going to look back on this COVID time and just be like, it was such a, an incredibly pivotal, pivotal. Wow. That's not even a word. Pivotal period for you and your family, because you started quarantine in one state and ended up in another. And you had this very, heavy, big transition. So I don't blame you for having a little snappy day and getting a little short with me about <laughs> podcast topics because it's been a lot. Yeah. I, you know, my, we're not, I'm not alone in this. I think we're all just still kind of making sense of it and it's going to take yeah. a long time. I think not knowing how long it's going to last is the hardest part. Yeah. And it's something that you know, so many things are reopening and it feels good, but then it's also like, no, it's too soon. Like our daughter's daycare is open and we were going to send her back almost a month ago. And then we decided to hold off a couple of weeks and then we had to start paying to hold her spot and we were going to send her back. And then Nate, just the morning she was planning to go back, like we had her stuff packed. We were excited. She wanted to go see her friends. And he's just like, I just don't feel good about this. Like if anything were to happen, I would Mm -hmm. never forgive myself. Like we, we're both working from home right now. We have the luxury and gosh, we know this is not everyone's story. We know we are lucky that we both work here and we can have our kids home and keep them safe. 
And so that was a that was a tough day for me because I had been looking it sounds weird to say I'd been looking forward for to sending my kid back for weeks just because I so desperately needed a break <laughs> and so desperately wanted to feel like myself again and have time to myself and I am 100% in alignment with Nate's wishes and I think it was the right thing to do but I had to grieve that for a few days and there were tears because right. there is no great solution we send our daughter, our two-year-old daughter, back to school where I know they are doing a phenomenal job caring for those kids and being safe. But like I said, if anything were to happen, like what, we just didn't feel like being parents for another week and needed a break? Like that's that's awful. So I know some of our well, lessons, Kate, have to do with parenting <laughs> and some have to do with business. And <laughs> A lot of them do. No, I think it's, I think it's normal. You're right. My husband and I, Mike, did take a minute to just take a step back and be like, you know what? I can't imagine how different our lives would look if we both had careers where we, we didn't have the luxury to keep our kids home with us. And we had to find childcare for them. Um, and you know, our, you know, all of our essential workers and healthcare workers who don't have a choice to send their, their kids, you know, or God forbid. And I hate to be like, you know, really dark about this, but I think about the the kids who were having to stay in a home or with somebody that may not have been the, the safest yeah. person. So I, I, just being a very sensitive person, I was wearing all of that on my shoulders. Um, but it did give me a moment to just take a step back and really let the blessings in our life sink in and the gratitude well up inside. And that on the bad days was the thing that would snap me out of it. And just that perspective. I mean, a, we had a home, a very safe, very remote home, by the way. Um, yes, we were living with our in-laws, Mike's parents, but I have to tell you, they're lovely people. I, you know, the sound of living with your in-laws for some people for two months might make you cringe. And we, none of us knew, we didn't know how long we were going to be there. Um, but we were very blessed. They were so gracious and it was a great home. We all had our space and we knew it was temporary. And, um, yes, we had extra help with the children, you know? Um, so we, we had a lot to be grateful for and we were all healthy. And so it, you know, it made the bad days not so bad. Yeah. <laughs> the bad I, days I weren't because I had anything personally wrong. It was just, you know, watching the news and watching our leadership <laughs> that would make oh. me get into some really, um, you know, bad funks. But yeah, I, I wrestled a lot with this balance of like, like you were saying, Kate, stepping back and finding perspective and looking at my blessings and being grateful. I was like, I, nobody in my family was affected I mean, physically affected, was infected with the disease. And I realized that's not everybody's story. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's all these blessings we have, of course, like we love our home and we have a backyard with space and a creek and room for the kids to play. Like, I know it would be so difficult for people in more urban areas or on the flip side for people in far more rural areas without even a neighbor to wave at as you walk mm -hmm. you know, down your street. And there was this balance for me of trying to remind myself how good I have it, but mm -hmm. also being gracious with myself and allowing myself to grieve and feel the feels of all of this stuff going on. I read a book, I've read a lot of books over quarantine and I can't remember which book it was, but I read a book, I think it was at one of the parenting books I was reading and it was most likely from a Christian perspective talking about how, you know, when, take a little kid for an example, they they, it's a beautiful summer day. They get an ice cream cone. They're so excited and they drop their ice cream cone. Like, what do we do as parents? We hug them and we comfort them and we remind them it's okay and we help them to feel better. And maybe we go buy a new ice cream cone. We don't look at them and say, you might have dropped your ice cream cone, but there are people in the world who are dying right now. You need to get perspective. Like, <laughs> And that hit me. I was like, oh yeah, it's okay to be sad about this. Even though compared to some people, I haven't wonderfully well. It, it's okay to have this, this and to be happy and sad, to be grateful and conflicted. And that word mm -hmm. and came up for me in when I was um, 
working with a therapist in Texas last year who's wonderful. And that has been one of the most key words for me. It's just the word and. It doesn't have to be a but. It's okay to feel good and bad at the same time, to have gratitude, but also be grieving. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. And for me has been powerful. And that wasn't one of the lessons I thought about during this season, but I'm realizing there was a lot of that in my daily life of having to hold this kind of live in the tension between Mm -hmm. these two opposing things with an and in the Mm -hmm. middle. Mm -hmm. I love that. And I actually remember you sharing with me that personal story a year ago or whenever of when this idea of and came up for you and I loved it and I appreciate the reminder because it's, I think, um, so good. I just got goosies. (laughs) I love it. Well, I know that's been a lot of story sharing and I, I do hope that's been, I hope it's been good to listen in on that and just know if you're feeling feelings like this, you're not alone. But I know that we also like to make sure there's tactical things in each episode. So Kate, I would love to hear what you learned during quarantine. What are sort of the, I guess, top three big lessons you've taken away from the great pause? (laughs) Um, So one of them is really that we need less than we think. And Mm -hmm. I think we talk about that a lot in like life and clothes and stuff and house and and all of that. And that lesson for me has really been true over this last year, but where I really hadn't applied, it was in my business. Um, meaning I realized running a business, there's so many different aspects to it. There's the financial, there's the marketing, there's the client relationship, the vendor relationship, your website, social media, you know, all of these different things and areas that you have to, to be thinking about. And being a multi-passionate person, an Enneagram 7, which is the enthusiast, you know, my brain is always on and always thinking and creating and imagining what things can be. And um, what I have to remind myself is that um, I I really will do better if I just keep things really simple. Um, So what I do now, well, I used to do it and I just got out of practice of, of doing this, but if I have an idea that comes up and I'm like, Ooh, wouldn't it be cool if blah, blah, blah. Um, I actually have a space now where I can write that down. Hey, wouldn't it be cool if little notebook. (laughs) And so I'll go ahead and write it down. And then I just let it sit there for a little bit. If the idea comes back, then, um, maybe I give it a little bit of energy or thought or brainstorming. Um, and definitely if the thought comes back again, then there's something to that. There's meat to it. Um, you know, and in a lot of things, I'll write it down and I'll think it's the best idea ever at first. And then I'll revisit it later and I'll be like, you know, I can see how that would be cool, but I think it's duplicating this thing, or I don't think that's going to be as effective, or I think there's easier ways to do this or more efficient or cheaper, (laughs) whatever the case may be. Um, but just giving it a little bit of space, and not jumping on things like the moment that it crosses into my brain, because, um, that's where I get to feeling overwhelmed. I get to feeling like I've got to do all the things, you know? Um, and so that's one area where if I have a new idea that is generated every now and then one comes along and I'm like, hot damn, that's, I'm doing that, <laughs> you know? But a lot of times it's like, I'm going to give this a little bit of space and think about it. And that's been been one helpful way. But, you know, just as an example in your own business, we've talked on this podcast about all of the different types of services that you could offer. And while that certainly can be right for a lot of businesses, I, an example might be if you're just starting out just to do something really simple, like you have, you work hourly and you have a minimum end of story (laughs) and set your minimum and set your hourly rate and be done. Like, don't feel like you have to go figure out all of these elaborate services that have all of these elements and characteristics of them. Um, sure, eventually that might be the next step or the next phase, but um, anything in your business that can just be simplified, um, I think, can help get rid of the mental load that we create for ourselves sometimes. 
Yeah, I love that that's your first takeaway. It's it's really similar to something that I went through, this idea of needing less and keeping it simple. And for me, one of my big takeaways was cutting expenses, running my business as lean as possible has been challenging, but liberating. I mean, girl, when when things started shutting down and my income went from, well, something to, quite frankly, nothing for a couple months... I just had to, you know, I had a certain amount of cash in my operating budget and I knew it wasn't going to last that long. And I ruthlessly went through my P&Ls. I went through my credit card statements and it was like, okay, what can I cut? Not something that's going to sacrifice the quality and level of service I can deliver, but what have I been doing or spending money on that is helpful and useful, but I can get by without it for a bit. And gosh, I spoke with my bookkeeper and we negotiated a lower rate because my needs are lesser right now. So that was able to bring some money back. Mm -hmm. I'm part of a local co-working space and I downgraded my membership because we couldn't use the in-person space anyway. I'm planning to upgrade again later. Like all of these things will probably change down the line. But to be able to lower my monthly expenses, to reduce costs, you know, there was part of me that feels like I'm failing for doing stuff like that. You're just like, oh, oh. man, I can't even, I can't even like, you know. I hate that you feel that way. <laughs> but, but no, no, it's okay. Because yeah. then there's also part of me that was like, oh, thank goodness. Like I did not realize the weight I was feeling. And guys, I run my business really lean in general. I do not have a lot of overhead. We're talking in the grand scheme, like my monthly expenses being very small, I'm sure in comparison to some people's. But even then, like, it was enough of a weight lifted that I didn't even realize how much that had been dragging me down. Mm-hmm. And to know that my bare minimum monthly expenses are achievable and, you know, I, I, I'll be okay felt really good. Like, did it suck in some moments to not just be able to go on Amazon and click and buy something I might have wanted to make things better or easier? Yeah, of course. I was just like, oh man, I want that thing or whatever. But it has forced me to be creative in ways that I wouldn't have had I just been spending money how I normally would. And this, I, so what has changed for me this season on the podcast is I made myself a little recording studio. If any of you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you'll see that I've been doing my weekly live show in this new space. It's literally my master closet with a, <laughs> an old shower curtain rod hung up and an old curtain panel and some, a quilt stapled to the wall. I mean, like it is, guys, I've made it look cute on camera. It is ghetto fabulous in here. You would laugh if you saw this thing in person. But I have never been so proud of myself for making something that functioned and looked mm-hmm. okay. And I was like, and I didn't spend a dime on this space. And yeah. it's been so amazing. And so it's I so think- resourceful. And you guys, I'm looking at it right now. It's real cute. <laughs> it is a thousand degrees in here because it's a closet with no <laughs> ventilation. And I am sweating like a pig, but I can survive. It's worth it because my main home office is down on our main floor and I have glass French doors. You can imagine how much recording I get done with two kids running around with glass glass doors right next to their TV room. Anywho, long-winded way to say cutting expenses has been challenging, but so liberating. And I'm great. I hate to say I'm grateful, but I am. I'm grateful for this motivation to do this and to see what I can do when I am kind of bootstrapping it and Mm -hmm. forced to be more resourceful. Does not mean I've cut out everything, obviously. Like I'm still paying for software that I need to run my business Mm -hmm. and I, my bookkeeper, I'm not getting rid of her. She's amazing. No, so yeah. yeah. One thing along those same lines and to tack onto what I was saying earlier, that's another thing that I've done when it comes to purchases. Um, any significant purchase, I've um, got a list of things that I want. So if there's something that all of a sudden I'm like, oh, I need that thing or I want that thing, um, I will put it on my list and give it 24 hours. <laughs> And if I still feel like I want it or need it, or it will be helpful, um, I will, I will go ahead and and get what I need, but I'm just trying to avoid the impulsive behavior of like starting a new project or buying a thing that I think is going to make things easier, better, faster, whatever, you know? Um, and that has just come with, you know, kind of the space that we've had during this time. I love that. Yeah. What's your second takeaway? What have you learned? 
Well, we hit on this a little bit earlier, but um, just that some of your best ideas really do come during a quiet time and being intentional about giving myself quiet time is going to be a goal of mine. Um, we've talked in here before how I do an end of year planning session where I go to a hotel, I lock myself in, no phone calls, no meetings, no kids, no, you know, I've got the full day, night and next day to do what I want. And I think doing stuff like that more often, even if it's not necessarily a hotel, but some way to get away. Um, I'm one of those people. And I think maybe unlike you and my husband who for me to have, um, to really get into what it is that I'm doing, I have to sink into it for a minute. Like my husband, he can go grab his laptop, sit down and just start working. And he's into his zone and he's like, the house could be on fire around him and he wouldn't know. I, on the other hand, I, my mom calls it circling the wagon. I got to get all my stuff. I have to sit down and it takes me you know, 10, 15 minutes, especially if I'm writing to kind of get into the groove, kind of think about what it is that I'm going to be doing. And I need sustained focus time to really be effective and efficient at what I'm, at what I'm doing. And so, um, all that to say that, um, I need to build in more long-term quiet creative time ideas out and, and developed because I could, um, some of the best ideas I've had for Designers Oasis, I believe, um, have come during this period. And while I didn't, I haven't had time to fully execute on them, and it's going to take time. It's going to take probably a year for this one big juicy idea that I have that I'm working on that I can't wait to share with you guys when I'm ready. But it's, um, if I hadn't given myself that quiet space or hadn't had that alone time. I wasn't working. I wasn't working with clients. I was home with my kids. I don't know that I would have had that idea. I think I would have just been so busy in the daily grind of just the day-to-day crap that we do. Um, that's just noise. And so, um, having space for long-term sustained quiet time, um, doesn't necessarily mean like sitting down at my on my couch with my computer, even at the desk with my computer, like going for walks, just being in nature, getting going on a road trip. <laughs> Those kind of activities, um, I think, generate some really great ideas um, for me, and so I hope to make more time for that. I love How about that. you? <laughs> well. Yeah, this was definitely a lot of quiet time, but not a lot of quiet <laughs> with a two-year-old and six-year-old. And for the mm-hmm. first good number of weeks, my husband, he's a professor. He was still working full-time just from home. And so because my client load was light mm-hmm. and because he was still getting a full-time paycheck, I was primary caregiver for, I would say, the first eight weeks of this. I mean, it was, he would get up, go to his office, come down for lunch with us. But I mean, it was like he was going to work and he had to. Mm-hmm. And so that meant I did all the things mm-hmm. with the kids and it mm-hmm. really did not leave a lot of quiet time or brain space for work. And of course I kept up with blogs and newsletters and marketing and things like that. But all that to say. Which I just what- want to say really impresses me because I was like, I just can't, I can't do it. I don't have the bandwidth. And well, this, I is, this say, is wow, we are very different. Like you, I see here on your notes that like you can get a lot done in small chunks of time. Like n- not, not this girl. Yeah. <laughs> I know we, we, I, well, my husband doesn't, I love schedules and routines mm-hmm. and a routine has been so helpful for our kids. And so yes, they get TV time. Yes, it's predictable. And so I know, okay, I've probably got almost an hour unless they shout for me every five minutes, but there's, you know, a little hour here. Maybe I can write an email. Or every day, my two-year-old still naps for about two hours. And my six-year-old, we send to his room with the door shut for quiet time. And this is just our routine. And we all need the break. And guys, those two hours are precious to me because it's actually time I can focus and get things done. I know both my kids are safe. They're resting. They're playing. And that's really been the reason I've been able to do this. But what I was doing for most of the days while my husband was at work upstairs in the guest bedroom 
were getting those lingering tasks done around the house that I have been meaning to do for ages and honestly mm. probably never would have done. And so things I did, I, I learned how to install wallpaper. I put wallpaper up in my daughter's room. Oh, I, that's right. It's so mm-hmm. cute. It feels so long ago, but I was like, that was only just like the first couple of <laughs> of quarantine. I painted the accent wall in our master bedroom finally, and I did an art project of this is weird. My husband's a hunter. He's from Minnesota. So we eat a lot of venison and we have a lot of deer skulls lying around. So I painted one for fun. I just painted it really cool colors and it's amazing and it's weird and cool. Anyway, I did that. I sewed a pillow for our bed. I installed new peel and stick flooring in our laundry room. I painted cabinets, all these things that, you know, every time you walk into a room and you see it unfinished, you're like, I should do that thing. And then you don't because of life. I was like, well, I can paint and I can still keep an ear on my kids and know they're safe. And so I'm going to just. Those are exactly the kind of things I would have been doing too. Head up yeah. in my own home. <laughs> and, and the big takeaway was it was, I mean, yes, I, I did use, I tried to use the time. Well, that is a takeaway. Use what you have, be creative. But the big, the big lesson I learned was why didn't I just do these things sooner? Why didn't I make the time? And this is such a good lesson for me of, just make the time, take the couple hours, you know, schedule the half day on a Saturday, those little things around your house or your office that just make you crazy, just freaking deal with them. Just go get her done. <laughs> you don't need quarantine to do it. But right, if you guys are listening to this, I'm just going to let you know that Leslie actually has more hours in the day than the rest of humanity. So <laughs> she is a machine. I love my time blocking. And I mean, I know you're into Enneagram. I just, Enneagram, I don't get it, whatever. But Myers-Briggs, Myers-Briggs is is my thing that's really clicked for me. And if you guys are familiar with that, I'm an INFJ. And J has to do with like, it's, it technically means judging, which is a stupid word. But organization, schedules, checklists, calendars, boundaries, that is like, I am all that all the time and it is, mm-hmm. it is in my nature. So yes, I realize that doesn't work for everybody, but what I'm well, see, I is- do those things too, but you're not, you're much more, I do them and I stick to them like 85% of the time, but you do them and you stick to them like 110% of the time. Unless it's exercising, in which case I ignore it frequently on my calendar. But that's a whole nother story. What did I not do on quarantine? Exercise very much. Cool. Okay. For um, the record, I bought a pair of jeans um, on at Madewell in Austin the day that we left for our road trip. Um, I unpacked them when we got here. Mm, they don't fit anymore. <laughs> like, God bless America. <laughs> I didn't even get to wear them. They, anyway, hey, I'm going to wear them. I am. We have been outside and so active now that we've been here. The weather's been great. So I'm going to get back in those jeans. But that was my quarantine experience. I mean, it was cold in South Dakota in the Black Hills and snowy. <laughs> we, we had a few nice days, but we did a lot of hanging out at the house. So yeah. And I know what they eat up in those parts. My husband's from Minnesota. It is all hot dish and... Well, deliciously creamy and not, yeah, not no, what you'd want yeah. to fit into skinny jeans food. <laughs> to be fair, we did eat really, really well. My, my mother-in-law, um, we, they eat super healthy. And so I did feel good about that, but there was zero working out or exercising or moving around. So, um, but thank God, because who knows what I would, what size I would be if I had not been exercising and been eating like, like that. So, um, you know, just one last thing that I have to say I learned is I'm, I definitely, so I kind of romanticized at first this idea of like being in the mountains with my kids and not working and having like just time off full time with them. And it sounded dreamy because I didn't, I didn't have work to do. I just said no mm-hmm. to it all. But then it turned out I was, I'm not cut out for that. I'm not cut out for full-time parenting. And I know this about myself. God bless the parents who are. um, It's just not in my personality. I need a break. I um, need time away. I like to miss my kids. It doesn't take long. I remember I would work just a full like six or eight hour day and go to the grocery store at the end. This is when they were in school. 
And I would see like a kid with their parent and my heart would just pain for them. Like, oh, I haven't seen him since this morning. I missed him. I want to go home and see my babies. You know, it doesn't take long, but um, it is so important for me to have that space too. And them too, they need to go be with their friends and hang out. You know, they're yeah. human. But, um, you know, just kind of telling myself, as much as you romanticize that, it's not your personality. So design a life where you can spend more time with them, but maybe not full time with them. And so that's what we're doing now. I am fully with you on that. <laughs> like, I, it's so conflicting. The whole thing about my daughter going to daycare, like I, I wanted her to go, but then I don't because I love her. You know, I told my husband this. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what I really want is for everybody to be here and be incredibly well behaved <laughs> and just not talk to me all day long. Like, just sit, do your thing. Just be present. I want to see you. I want to hug you. But I don't want you to need me or talk to me. And I don't want to be responsible for anything. Which is insane. Yes. But, I mean, we, you know, Nate and I have been having just those real-life talks of, like, where are we at? What's on our mind? What are we feeling? And I realized that's what it is. I was like, I don't want them not here. I just don't want to hear mom every 12 seconds. I can't mm -hmm. do this all day, mom, every mom, day. I'm, mom, oh. mom, mom. So oh, yeah. that reminds me one time oh, yeah. uh, before we got Norman, so we inherited Norman. He's our dog. I took a dog personality test, like to try to figure out what breed would be the best breed for you and your family and your personality type. And I basically wanted a dog that didn't bark, didn't shed and didn't need exercise. <laughs> So you wanted a stuffed it dog. It did, that's exactly so I'm like, it's like, I'm pretty sure we have a stuffed dog around here. I'll just give you that. We actually have a big, like, uh, Clifford, the big red dog. And he went and grabbed it. It's like, here's your dog. <laughs> so anyway, we, we actually got two of those three things. He, Norman doesn't shed. Uh, he doesn't need a lot of exercise, although it's good for him. So we do take him out for walks, but he'd be perfectly content just laying in your lap all day. If, if that's all he did, you know, some dogs like they really need to get out and they need to go for a walk or they go bananas. Yeah. That's not him, but he does bark, which I can't stand, but it's just a fact of life. So you can't have it all. But yeah, it sounds like children too. Like I want children that are, um, <laughs> all those things. Yeah. Um, Silence, beautiful, mm -hmm. lots of hugs. Yeah. Don't yeah. talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> In 20 years, when our kids listen back to these, um, if, if you're listening, Mel and Mona, we love you. <laughs> too. Oh, yeah. Well, I think that's a good realization that you're not cut out for full-time parenting. I don't think a lot of people are. And there are some parents who are. And I just, I mean, I bow down because it's not me. I dreamed of being a stay-at-home mom for years. Like, that's what I wanted. And then when we had Ford the way it worked out financially, it made more sense for me to go back to work and for my husband to stay home. And that was like, okay, like this is a thing. And it was a hard decision to come to for us because I had always envisioned staying home when my kids were babies. And yes, I didn't, you know, I didn't love my job. And that it was just like, I don't want to go back to work, but I'm telling you guys, it was not as hard as I thought to leave <laughs> and to have mm -hmm. some time to be a grown up during the day. Mm -hmm. It is hard. It's hard to parent in the best of circumstances. And if you are a parent, this is, this is an extra hard time. And it's okay if you feel like you don't want your kids around or if you want them around, but to not talk to you. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is what it is. But so my, my third point kind of ties in with yours, Kate, about not being cut out for full-time parenting. And it's just, it's the, the weight and the responsibility I feel of parenting is it is a lot. I know we've talked about Enneagram today and Myers-Briggs. If anyone has done Strengths Finder before, it's where you get like your top five strengths and those are kind of the things that you're best at. Well, responsibility is one of my top five and absolutely that is me, like feeling the weight of the world and poor Ford definitely has that too because that six-year-old feels like he's responsible for the entire world's well-being. Oh, but buddy. for me, um, you know, I might be in my office working, but if I know I have to be on be looking after the kids, I'm never fully focused on what I'm doing. I'm always thinking about them, listening for them, you know, paying attention. And I realized it was just so frustrating to try to get things done when I was the parent on duty because I could never, I always had that responsibility. I could never fully disconnect and just let them be. They're fine in the next room. But what happened for me is I learned I can get a lot of, a lot, lot done in small chunks of time if I stay focused. And 
if I know the kids are taken care of. When Nate and I started switching off when his semester ended and we've been able to kind of be a little bit more balanced, you guys, I can close my office doors. I literally put blackout paper shades on them so the kids can't see me. Mm -hmm. And I don't care if they're outside my door screaming and running around and having a blast. I don't care because I'm not responsible for them. And that is such a weight lifted to me to have a partner Mm -hmm. who can, obviously he's their dad. He's not just a partner, but he's, you know, we are equally sharing responsibilities now that his workload has eased up. And it has been such a blessing, even though I only have a couple hours at a time here and there to have that weight lifted. I know, you know, I've only got two hours to get X project done. I better effing get X project done and not waste my time checking email or looking on Facebook or doing one other thing. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I've really been working on time management and Mm -hmm. making the most of what little I have. Mm -hmm. And it just reminds me like, you know, when things are good, when things are whatever that new normal might be, I probably don't need an eight hour workday every day. It's okay to be really freaking effective and efficient Mm -hmm. and be done everything you need to do for the day by noon. And that's okay. And it's very possible. So it's a good reminder that you don't need a full-time schedule to produce full-time work. You need the right time and you need to know that you can go all in without interruptions, without being responsible for another human being who needs a snack. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. And it's such a good reminder to me too, because that's, you know, where I am. I have a nanny three days a week for six hours and it's glorious, but I, I have to stay focused during that time. And you know, I am the type of person that everything feels like it's a priority unless I literally write down what are my priorities. I, it's the act of writing it down for me that changes it because otherwise it's all equal. Like, you know, one little email to somebody versus creating a whole new blog post, you know, it's all the same. So I write it down. I use Asana and I have a section called my big three. And it's like, what are the big three things I need to do this week and today and this month? Um, so if that's a, if that's a technique that works for you guys to, to try in order to give your brain some space and realize that's not a priority right now, these are, um, try that. Cause you know, like Leslie here going to sit down, if everything feels equally important, you're going to feel frazzled and you're going to feel like you have the weight of the world on your shoulders and you don't, if you just give it a little bit of perspective. That gives me a great idea for a future episode because I have a daily planning practice that I think could be really helpful. I didn't know you did that. This is cool. We should, we should definitely put a pin in this and save this for another episode because I think that would be great to dive into how we actually make our days work and how we plan our priorities. I love this. Okay. I don't want to get off on a tangent now. I know. I was going to say, I'm going to need to figure that out first because we're in a totally new routine. We're only in week two and I, I'm yeah. still figuring out how to manage my new work schedule uh, that's no longer full-time. So yeah, let me, is what let me it practice is. it a little bit so I feel like I know what I'm talking we will, about. <laughs> we will work. We'll, we'll try to figure out what life looks like and how we can succeed. And then we'll share that with you. But for now, let's talk about the one cool thing we've discovered this week because I think it's fun to just share wins and cool things with you guys. So Kate, Yay. what's your cool thing? Actually, this came from you and our good friend, Whitney. Um, I didn't realize uh, that I was eligible for a PPE loan. Um, Is it a PPP? PPP loan. Thanks. The paycheck <laughs> protection one, right? Just so we're all yeah. talking about the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I misunderstood something that someone said at another point in time. And so I just dismissed it. I was like, I'm eligible for that. And so I, I did do a grant and I got some money from that. Not a lot, but some it was great. Um, so I am now going to go apply for that. I know they had run out of money, but now there's new money. So I don't know how much or if or when, but it is something I am going to pursue. And I would encourage you guys um, to just double check your eligibility because I didn't think I was eligible at first and now I am. So, and I certainly don't want to give financial advice. So take with this, take this with a grain of salt. If your local bank won't do them, there are a number of online lenders who are, and that's how I got mine. And I literally got mine deposited in my bank account today. So as of, as of recording, it's still a possibility. And that's, 
even if you don't have a local bank you can turn to, there's great online lenders if you do a search for them who are reputable and are switching their whole business model right now to just be doing these government loans. And so. I will, I'll just tack onto that as um, anecdotally, our other friend, Whitney, who may be listening to this, she said that she applied at three different banks, uh, a big corporate bank, another in two local banks. And it was the smallest, most like mom and pop bank that, um, approved her like within 24 hours. So, um, I, you know, if you just try one place and you get denied, keep trying in different types of institutions. Yep. That's really amazing and exciting. Leslie, what's your favorite thing of the week? Okay. I might've mentioned this on an episode before, but I am totally in love with Material Bank. If you designers have not heard of this, this is not an ad. This is just Leslie excited. It is a company that will overnight samples to you from a variety of different vendors. And I don't know about you guys, but sampling has held up design presentations before because you need samples to show. And sometimes vendors can take days or weeks to get stuff to you. Material Bank is my favorite. You go online, they have tons of vendors, you order samples and they overnight them to you by 1030 the next day. Like it seems too good to be true. It's marvelous. Anyway, I'm just really happy about them because I'm working on um, a project with two bedrooms right now and I've been able to get rug samples, which guys, those are hard to get. Rug samples and paint and just things that are so helpful to have during a presentation to help sell your ideas and get the client excited about touching and feeling. So I'm just really grateful for them and the service they're offering. I think they're fantastic. And if you're not signed up, there's, I think there's usually a wait list. They're trying to be careful not to have too many people you know, they don't want to grow too fast. So I would encourage you if you use samples for your business and you like any of their brands or vendors, I would sign up because it's a great resource to get samples very quickly to keep projects moving. I love them. Awesome. Two thumbs up. Perfection. I love it. All right. Is that a wrap? I think it is. And we will, we forgot how to end our show last week. I was working on it, but I'm going to remind you guys. We're out of practice. We are. It's been like, we've had kids yelling at us for eight weeks and we've forgotten to be grownups. <laughs> Anywho, you guys know about the mini business toolkit. If you haven't gotten it yet, you're crazy. Go to designersgettingcoffee.com. We've got free downloads for you that you're going to love. And we are seeing amazing reviews on Apple Podcasts. Thank, Thank you guys you so much. Thank you even to the so rando sweet. person who left a one star rating. No reviews. I don't know what's <laughs> happening with you and what your beef was with us, but thank you for taking the time to push a button. We would love to hear from you guys. Thank you. Come this on. is helping the show get discovered. And it's so encouraging to see new designers connect with us and be grateful for what we, what we're doing here. And we want to serve you and as many designers as we can. So thank you. Please leave a review and rating. If you haven't already, we love you and we're grateful. All right. Until next week, bye. Bye, guys. Hey, designer. Thanks for sharing part of your day with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts so we can continue to connect with badass design bosses like you. We love to hear your feedback and are so grateful that you're sharing the show with your designer friends. For more Designers Getting Coffee and to join the conversation, head over to designersgettingcoffee.com for show notes, free downloads, and more. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at designersgettingcoffee.